So uh, Samsung has fixed the Galaxy Fold now. We put out a video of, of like, like yesterday, I guess it was, about them looking at some other folding form factor and not really updating on the Galaxy. Well, anyway, the Fold is getting into the hands, the new version of it is getting into the hands of various reporters in the tech space. They're playing with it now. They're letting people hold it, touch it. Now, from what I could tell watching the videos that uh, of the individuals that got the hands-on, it looks like a monitored hands-on, Will. And I know you're familiar with this. Mm. The brand is like, yeah, you could touch it, but I'm going to be sitting right here. Breathing down your neck. Yeah, and they're like, they're like don't you, uh, don't flex it too much uh, because we're right here. And you can see the guy's hands. You see the little yeah. handler over there? Yeah. yeah, you can see his hands. He's telling him what to do and, and so forth. Anyhow, nonetheless, it's still a good sign. I'm guessing they're at IFA, the, the, the show in Germany, the gadget show in Germany. That By the looks of it, that's where Samsung is showing off their new improved Galaxy Fold. And it, it does appear to be different, ever so slightly different than the version they sent out to us. Once upon a time, by the way, Samsung, don't you dare not send us the next one because you're not launching it in Canada, which Will just told me. Don't you dare. You understand? We were day one on that. So even if you don't launch it here in Canada, understand the audience is global here on this show, upstairs on Unbox Therapy. So send it to us regardless. They also, so they're getting rid of two of the colors as well. I don't know if you read this. It's all, the whole launch is subdued now. The hype will never be what it was because of the issues, the breakage, the screen protector, and so forth. I mean, it was so it was it was going to be flashy. There were going to be fireworks. They had Martian green and some sort of blue. Now it's just going to be silver and black. So boring. Yeah, how boring is that? Anyway, uh, so they're going to trim back. They're going to slow down the rollout. Which makes sense because of the issue and because they probably assume now that because of the bad press, the broken units, stage one of this launch, that maybe the demand is, has cooled off a little bit and people are going to be skeptical, as they should be, as they would be. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you can understand, Will, why you scale back the launch, you don't get too crazy in a production facility, you scale back the countries in which you launch, so that you don't uh, overwhelm yourself trying to pump these things out when they appear to be relatively temperamental, at least the unfixed version of it. Yeah, they're playing it safe. You take it easy. Mm -hmm. You see what happens. So anyhow, there are changes, which many of the reporters who got their hands on, they referenced these changes. I'm currently on the CNET article. Number one, no visible screen protector. So... That was the most controversial part on the previous version. It was, hey, am I supposed to peel this thing, not peel this thing? A number of people did peel the thing. Tech reviewers that had their hands on this. Of course, this never reached the actual consumer market. Uh, you know, famously, people tried to tear away at the, at the hinge portion of what looked to them like a screen protector. I never did that myself. Uh, thank goodness. And it ruined the whole phone because th that thing was not meant to be removed even though it appeared to be removable to a number of users. Well, now what they did, Will, they tucked that screen protector portion. What a zoom by Will, by the way. Can we just take a moment? He just zoomed into the image right on the hinge. Yeah. It's unbelievable, man. Took a lot of practice. You're really, like, finding it. a vibe and a flow to it. Yeah. You know, er earlier on, it was... 
Yeah, I was waving my hand. It was all over the map. Had no idea what you were showing on the screen there. You were just like showing cartoons and I was stuff. Just tapping my belly. Yeah, it wasn't even related. So anyway, that was a zoom right there. He zoomed in on the hinge portion, and that's important because that's the area where they spent the majority of their time. Well, they went back to the drawing board. They're like, look, everybody's trying to peel this thing off. We got to stop them from peeling. So they tucked the screen protector-looking portion, which was not a screen protector, but actually a critical component of the screen. They tucked that around the hinge and then covered it with some sort of a, an extra component there so there's no uh, inclination to get in there and dig your fingernail. Mm -hmm. So that's step one. No visible screen protector on there. They put screen caps at the end of the phone. These are T-shaped plastic caps. That's the thing you're looking at right there. It plugs up air gaps. So the other speculation was that fragments, dust particles, who knows what else, had the potential to dive into that gap when placed in your pocket. So this little T-shaped cap presumably will stop some of those fragments, at least large ones, hopefully all of them, mm -hmm. all the fragments in the universe from entering your folding phone, your high-tech, cutting-edge, $2,000 folding phone. Uh, they've also apparently reinforced the screen, so they claim that there's like a metal component that wasn't in there before that gives it more robustness. It's, it's, it's apparently just a bit sturdier feeling. I watched the video that The Verge published, and they stated... That it just, even though the previous version felt good to open and close with the magnetic clasp and so on, apparently this version feels even sturdier. Mm -hmm. So you can't fault that. That sounds good. Uh, no more Astro Blue or Martian Green. I already mentioned that earlier. So they're trimming back the launch and, and just going with the boring colors, unfortunately. Also, 5G version will not come to the U.S. It will be exclusive to certain markets, including Korea the UK will have the 5G version. It will, of course, also be more expensive than the 4G version of the device. And like you said, they're not going to launch it in Canada at the same time as the US, which is very upsetting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have trouble uh, sleeping this evening as a consequence. No, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. You want to roll it out in a select fashion, see how it goes, and then go with the wider launch. Uh, that said, I still, of course, want to evalu evaluate it. Uh, what can I say? Look, there, you're never going to get out from under that the launch the way that it went. You're never going to get rid of that. That's tech history now. You know what I'm saying, Will? Mm -hmm. That's in the, in the tech timeline. It's part of the origin story of folding phones now forever. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that it had to be that way. But you could make the argument that it's, it's better that it happened in the reviewer spectrum, like right. amongst people who... who weren't regular customers who went out and spent 2000 bucks, and that they, uh, as suggested here, that they were able to go back to the drawing board before the damage was too, was, right. was at the scale of the consumer base. So that's okay. But I think the unfortunate part is going to hold people back from adopting the new technology in general and therefore will slow down the progression and engineering around this new form factor. That said... It seems that the smartphone companies are desperate enough for differentiation that they're going to do it regardless. Even if the reception is lukewarm from, a st from the standpoint of volume, I still think there's no way other than beginning to think differently about form factors. Mm -hmm. 
So I think it's inevitable. It's just going to be at a different pace now because of that that launch, the way that it went, the unfortunate events that took place, the unfortunate design decisions, like the 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 screen protector not wrapping all. I mean, it wraps all the way around now. Why didn't it happen in the first place? Who didn't foresee that? Somebody got fired. Maybe multiple people got fired. Maybe a whole floor in the Samsung HQ got. You're all out. They're like, I didn't have anything to do with. They're like, you're out. You're on what? You, sixth floor. You're dead. You're out. You're fired. Maybe Samsung has something in their pocket. Maybe this is like the perfect in their pocket. Was that on purpose? Well, <laughs> maybe it is like their folding phone that just is great. You know, there's no other folding phone out there right now except for the Royal. Yeah, Fly. yeah, the Royal the, the Mate X is not even here yet. So that's true. They backed that one up. So, so wait a second. Am I sensing optimism from you? You think they nailed it on this next one? I, I think so. Look yeah. at you. I mean, they took they took all the problems and you know they they try to fix it as fast as they could. So basically, it might not for, be. So perfect. basically, you work for Samsung, is what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Pay so me on the tape. You're on the take. Is that what you just said? Mm -hmm. This is a good first launch, I would say. A good first launch. Well, second launch. Second launch. It's a great you know. second launch. <laughs> well, time will tell. We'll get our hands on it. We'll check it out. I'll open and close it a couple of times. I'm excited to get my hands back on that form factor yeah. because when I had it, it was fun, man. It was so yeah. different from all the stuff I've been looking at. So I'm excited to get it back. It's always going to be, at least for the time being, it's going to be a niche product because of the price right. on its own. It, it's still going to launch around 2000 bucks. So we keep that in mind. It's not going to be mass market. It's not going to be for everyone, but it's going to be a bit of fun when it finally comes out uh, for the second time. Shout out to the ambition, at least. There you go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of ambition, well, I don't know how ambitious this happens to be. I assume it is on behalf of Google here. You may have heard, I mean, the Pixel 4 is leaking all over the place now. Kind of embracing the leaks is Google in a way that I haven't seen previously from other tech companies. Uh, you're getting these type, of, these type of leaks, which are like a dude, just like some guy, and it's a snap, it's a behind-the-scenes snap photo type of thing but then you're getting some bigger ones which aren't even really leaks because they're just it looks it's definitely authorized best buy has created a page for the pixel 4 and they've even got some like marketing lingo about it wave hello to motion oh. sense you no longer have to touch your phone to make things happen motion sense is a new technology in pixel 4 that can detect your gestures without you having to touch the screen and then they've got a video in fact on the Best Buy page, as well as a place to sign up to purchase it when it becomes available. And the video actually showcases, and hopefully you can bring this up. Yeah, click United States there. Hopefully you can find the video. Uh, there's a little watch Google Pixel 4 video there. This is uh, a woman's face with the new Pixel set up in front of her. And you can see it comes to life when she gets close to it immediately without her touching anything. Mm. And then she she proceeds to interact with the device, swiping between what look to be applications without touching the phone. Now, we've seen this on devices in the past. We saw this on an LG device fairly recently. I can't remember which model it was. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I was like, I'm, what am I doing? My phone's over there. I'm swiping. I'm doing all this. Why don't I just pick it up? It didn't really appeal to me. Now, granted, the way they're showcasing it here in this demo video, it looks quite smooth. It's not missing anything. So maybe it was just a question of, uh, of making the technology a little more sophisticated, the software hardware integration, of course, Google having a lot more control over Android experiences, for example. Also, 
What you come to find when you do a little investigation into this particular device and how they're going to market it and the fact that they're choosing that particular topic to market it as far as the Best Buy site's concerned. Hmm. Like, you don't say the best camera, get ready for the best camera. You know, they don't say get ready for, for high performance. They don't say get ready for the display. Motion Sense is the first topic they want to cover on the Best Buy page, which you know has to be authorized by Google themselves. So that must be the element they want to play up. So then you untangle. You untangle as you would if you were guys like us, Will. Mm -hmm. And what you come to find, really, is that Google is investing big, big time in the sensors on the front of your phone. They're kind of doing an unexpected thing as everyone was trying to shrink down uh, the, the top bezel in order to, to emphasize and maximize the screen-to-body ratio of the device. They're like, no, 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 no. We're, we're cool with the forehead and we're going to jam a billion sensors into there. Mm. So I want you to go and show the people this particular image uh, this is on BGR.com. What is the headline? Uh, this is an awesome Pixel 4 feature you won't find on any iPhone 11 is the headline. And they have a cool image, X-ray vision into what lives underneath the forehead of the device. And what's wild here, you've got on the left, I'm going to go left to right with how many things are in the top bezel here. Face unlock IR camera. That's the far left. Next over, front-facing camera. Next over, ambient light proximity sensor. Next over, audio port. Soli or Soli radar chip. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Face unlock dot projector. Face unlock IR camera. That's the second one. And face unlock flood illuminator. That's the last. So the only other phone that's that seems to be as invested at this point in face unlock, facial recognition... There were a couple of Huawei devices. Then they backed off and got to the, went into the screen-to-body ratio wars. Uh, is Apple with Face ID? Mm -hmm. They've got the dot projector, they've got the IR, and they've got the flood illuminator. So they've got the stuff over on the far right-hand side of the bezel. But this one adds radar and then a second face unlock IR camera. I mean, it just there's no more room up there. Yeah. And they're ditching the fingerprints. They're sensor. ditching the fingerprints. So they're like, they're doubling down. Mm -hmm. They're, I mean, not doubling down because they didn't have it. They, this wasn't their attempt on the last one. They're, they're betting on this camp right here. They're like, we want to capture the world's faces. And you know how it is with Google, Will. Mm. There's got to be some motive here beyond, I mean, this is, this is a really big play and an unusual play given the current state of the marketplace and how consumers are so fickle about screen-to-body ratio, from what we can tell from the devices that seem to be successful. So the, the uh, sensor that's responsible, or sensor, the item in the bezel there that's responsible for that motion, what, what are they calling it? Motion sense is actually the radar chip, which is, which is the like, biggest chip of the bunch there. It's almost as big as the audio port. And apparently... This is what's going to enable that really precise uh, motion at distance, its ability to gauge and read your behavior. And, and supposedly as well, this thing is going to be a far better performer at face unlock in the sense that you, you're not going to have to be looking at it nearly as directly because of the, the extra diversity of sensors that are on there. Mm. Now, because of that radar chip, Apparently, the feature, the motion sense feature, is not going to launch in all markets at the same time. There's different restrictions around how radar mm. is, is uh, 
available to to companies to sell to the general public any radar product and apparently that is legit radar and so therefore there's a list of launch countries for that feature i presume the other markets are going to have to wait to uh to get that that feature enabled likely through software so motion sense will work only in the u.s canada singapore australia taiwan and europe I mean, that's a lot of places still, but it's not every market. And motion sense technology will allow the Pixel 4 to, de to detect your gestures, allowing you to do things like skip songs, silence phone calls without touching the phone. The radar chip enables motion sense. It's, it's located in the Pixel 4's top bezel, yeah, along with the selfie camera and so forth. So it's a differentiating factor. How will it be received? I don't know. Are customers ready for this? Is this what they want? Do you want to interact with your phone without touching it? I'm truly not sure. It's a weird play as far as I'm concerned because it's, it's, it's different from what the rest of the Android marketplace is aiming at right now. And so you have to ask yourself, does Google care? What is the real motivation here? What technology are they interested in most? Is it selling smartphones or is it gathering, capturing data post-smartphone distribution because of the, the diversity of how, you know, how their company operates in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really interesting, but as you can see here, here's some demonstrations of the types of gestures that this radar sensor is capable of uh, picking up, and it's actually pretty interesting. So we'll have to wait and see how this functions in the real world, but anyhow, they're marketing it on Best Buy, so you have to presume you're going to start to see this show up on TV and stuff like that, Will. Mm. That when they finally come out with the TV commercials, they're going to double down and be like, this is our feature. Right. We're going to let you know about it. And you know they got the pockets for that. Yeah, especially when their fingerprint sensor was really prevalent. You know they got some pockets on them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They got a couple. Of, they walk around with a couple of pockets. Yeah. Google, I'm saying. Boatloads. Really. There it is. All right. Cool. Uh, very exciting news for our friends in India. Apple plans two to three brick-and-mortar stores, as well as, finally, their very own online retail store in India. It's kind of surprising that this doesn't exist yet, but we have some, some news here. It's taken a while for Apple to truly embrace India, and, I, I mean, I've been critical of it. I've talked about it here on the show many times, how I look at India as the the most important emerging smartphone market, a place that's, that's generating so much interest in smartphones. It's one of the few that's continuing to ramp up from a, from a volume perspective, smartphone shipments, and the variety that exists of smartphone choices and the value associated with it. So I'm paying, always paying attention to the Indian market from a smartphone perspective. And I felt for a long time that Apple was kind of ignoring that market, barely there, limping in, strictly selling old devices when it came to manufacturing, keeping that only to their previous devices as well. Well, that's changing. And recently, Apple announced that for the next generation of iPhone, that they would be manufacturing, at least assembling, doing a portion of the manufacturing process in India, which there are benefits, of course, for India if that takes place. Benefits in the sense that the devices go down in price because they're not taxed as a foreign good. And also, of course, it employs locals, which is always going to be favorable. Uh, but this is like the real step here. This is, this is Apple making a public 
statement about about an investment in a particular market by going there and by the way the rumor is currently that mumbai will be the, the first city but going into mumbai and putting up one of their flagship stores now apparently they said here it'll be in line with its global experience centers hmm. so you have to presume then they're gonna they're not gonna half step they're gonna put a real deal iconic type of, and this is what i think they should do put an iconic type of apple store in that market put your put your foot down get the real estate and say look we're here to stay we're here to compete uh we want to grant people access to interact with our brand as apple would probably tell you i mean this is probably how the meetings went and so forth now it doesn't mean that their devices are cheap enough i'm just being honest here and i know that uh, our indian audience will tell will tell us in the comments they're vocal they're going to say look value for money it's not going to be iPhone for me in the Indian market. But trust me, I think, well, I mean, tr I mean, trust me in general here. I'm trying. But I think that this is an indication. It's a step towards a direction of being more perceptive, of being more uh, uh, aware of what might be suitable for that market. So you put the store, you put the online shop, they get to gather their own data because of that. They get to have their own customer experience experiences, uh, which they're responsible for. And then maybe down the road, this leads to uh, more approachable products, potentially region-exclusive products. It's a step in a direction, is what I'm trying to say. It's not going to fix the issue tomorrow. Apple is incredibly low market share in India comparative to other parts of the world. A lot of that is the cost prohibitiveness of their devices. And like I said previously, how slow they've been to really take the Indian market seriously. But nonetheless, it's happening now. They're going to open, like I said, a couple of brick and mortar flagship stores, uh, starting with Mumbai and the online store is gonna be set up soon. That alongside the manufacturing piece means Apple is finally starting to take India seriously and uh, in my opinion, that's exactly what they need to be doing. Uh, speaking of the Indian smartphone market, we got an ex we've got an exciting device that's set to launch there fairly soon. I believe you brought this story to my attention. I have looked at various Redmi devices, but this one, for, for some reason, wasn't on my radar. I'm talking, of course, of the Xiaomi Redmi Note 8 and Note 8 Pro. Tell me why this is exciting and I should be paying attention, Mr. Willie Do. So this got my attention because it has a 64 megapixel camera and it's going to be under 200 bucks. 195 no bucks yeah. converted, right? Yep, yep. That's bananas. I mean, it's got a 6.55 inch full HD display. The Pro version has a MediaTek Helio G90T processor. Surprisingly, the non-Pro version gets a 600 series from Snapdragon. So a couple of options there for you. The Pro model, the one with the bigger camera sensor, 4,500 milliamp hour battery, which is, I mean, that's that's no joke. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's got a quad rear camera array and, and uh, an 8 megapixel ultra wide alongside two 2 megapixel sensors to assist with depth and then a 20 megapixel front selfie camera. I mean, the camera stuff is just getting pretty wild. We featured the Oppo Reno2 mm -hmm. on a recent Unbox Therapy video. I think that went up this morning. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. 
And that thing had a quad camera array on the back. And it's just like, man, these are becoming so versatile with all these focal ranges represented. It's kind of wild, in fact. So here we are, another device that makes you feel, well, it has to make anyone feel like they're probably spending too much on their smartphone. Mm -hmm. Because we're over here looking at 195 bucks to start, the non-pro version even less than that. Yeah, that one's for uh, 140 140 for the non-pro version. Now, this device launched in China first. Yep. India next. I mean, it'll probably never natively come here, but it showcases how aggressive your pricing scheme has to be in India to, to properly compete, and China for that matter. China's included in this conversation. Chi Chinese viewers just can't watch us as much because YouTube natively nowhere near as available, obviously, in China. Some other specs on the pro version of the, the device, it's got Gorilla Glass 5 on it, mm -hmm. which is not too bad. It has a card slot for micro SD. Uh, you can get up to 128 gigs of storage, 8 gigs of RAM. Of course, that wild 64 uh, megapixel camera is the standout feature. It's still going to have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack as well baked in and 18 watts uh, fast charging. So it's got a lot of things that people are going to be looking for in a smartphone, and somehow they're able to deliver it at that almost impossible price of under 200 sub $200, USD equivalent. And we got to say, like, the phone looks nice. Like, it's not yeah. some janky, you know, it's yeah. a 6.5-inch screen. You know, something something that st uh, stands out to me after having been through so many smartphones here and, and just checking out all the various implementations that exist for how do you, you know, how do you do, how should a smartphone look? What should you have on it? What about the screen to body? What should your hole punch, cutout, notch, no notch motor look like? Mm. I feel like this teardrop style water drop style notch that this one showcases it's grown it's it's grown well like it's aged yeah. well it still looks decent it doesn't have the complexity of anything motorized which some people are you know, still have their apprehension about and it just doesn't really change the experience on the phone it's small enough that it's not offensive and the curve that they put on it it, it almost acts as a kind of a nice looking design element yeah it kind of blends it in really nicely instead of like a hole punch yeah i think as far as notches are concerned this is probably the way to go and then also the symmetry on the back the camera modules lining the center as well as the only text that's on the device i mean you're right it's a nice looking phone all things considered it's wild what's happening in the smartphone world and we got to cover it to be honest will because this is uh this is increasingly becoming the smartphone market just from from a scale perspective this is where the growth is happening this is where things are changing more so at the top end we already know the story mm -hmm. it, it it's a thousand bucks and it's a few times a year and then you got these iterations just flowing like wine at an italian restaurant delicious aged there you go uh you heard about, you know about this Disney streaming service. What is it? What are they calling it? Disney Plus. Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Apple's got TV Plus. What is it with the Plus? Can we stop with the Plus? No? Everybody loves the Plus, you know? Anyway, uh, apparently Disney and Apple are both committed to killing the idea of binge watching. 
And unfortunately, if, especially for guys like Vin back there, even Netflix is probably going to end binge watching at some point. And it's not because people don't love it. It's because of the way that people binge and what that means for them as a customer. Now, I'm not saying that Netflix is going to do this immediately. I'm just saying in the long term, there's an indication that the bingers are bad for business. And I'll tell you why, Will. You're probably wondering, what, what do you mean, why? The bingers are the diehards. Well, it turns out a lot, of, a lot of the bingers think they can just dip in and dip out. So they'll see the marketing around a particular series and go, oh, I'm just going to sign up. I'm going to give you one month. I'll give you the 10 mm -hmm. bucks. I'm going to dip in, check the series, and then I'll wait for the next series that I like. Mm. Essentially, seven bucks. That model doesn't support the billion-dollar content catalog that they, they're creating. Mm -hmm. They need you to be reliable. They need to be able to bill you every month. And I didn't know people were using it like that, but I can see it. Why not? If What's a hot show, Will? Give me a hot show. You did HBO Go for Game of Thrones. Just got the subscription and bounced. But that's a more expensive subscription, I think. Is that like 17 or something like that? So anyway. I mean, Stranger Things. Stranger that's Things. That's like a really binge watch. Okay, Stranger Things. It's a hot, the, uh, it's a hot show. show yeah. All right. If you could get Stranger Things, watch it, enjoy it for what is the, the base Netflix subscription, 10 bucks or whatever. Is, isn't that a good trade? That's mm -hmm. not that's fine. You've yeah. got hours of entertainment for 10 bucks. Move on. And then, and then you're going to know when they start to market that next series. Here's the problem. When you dip in and dip out and you're no longer a Netflix customer, how does Netflix talk to you? Well, now they have to go to tr traditional marketing methods, as you've seen, billboards, things like this. Those things are expensive. You don't want to be doing that for your old customers. You, you want to do that to acquire new customers who then hang around themselves. So how do you make a person hang around, guaranteed? You give them the drip. You feed them the drip. Well, you know this. Once a week? You know this. Mm. You don't give it all, all at once. No. They're going to overdose. Yeah. You see how that goes? That's a bad customer. Yeah. You gotta, Streaming you, rehab. Yeah, you hit them with the drip a little bit at a time. You got to keep them ticking. You got to keep them breathing. Mm -hmm. So they're there. They're not, trying, they're not binging all at once, once and, then, and then going somewhere else yeah. for their content. So anyhow... Netflix started to recognize that, and it has some upcoming shows that are not going to be bingeable. Uh, do I have the actual show here? I don't have it listed in front of me, but they're going to do... Oh, here it is. Great British Baking Shows, an example of a show that Netflix previously would have had be one of the bingeable titles and will not be bingeable. You're, you're finding a few others here. You can imagine them bringing this concept forth with other shows as well. And it's going to be like TV where you have to sit around and wait. So so Disney and Apple, they're on the sideline, right? Because they're launching their very own Netflix competitors. And they get to sit there and build their thing from the ground up with an emphasis on the idea of longevity. And so they can say, okay, the binge watchers cooled off on Netflix because Netflix was like skyrocketing forever. And then in the last quarter, they cooled off a bit. And everyone's like, ooh, Maybe there's something, maybe there's some chinks in the armor there as far as Netflix is concerned. Maybe it's not all golden. Maybe customers are moving on. So Disney got to witness that. Apple got to witness that. And they basically have both said, look, we're going to be releasing on a more traditional basis. 
you're going to get an episode a week. It's going to be like TV. Wait, wait, wait. So if it's a slow trickle, can't you just subscribe when the season is over and you just binge watch? Sure, sure you could, but then you're not around the you're friend. Not you're not missing the hype. You're not around I mean, the hype that your hype. friends want to talk about yeah. it. And, you know, Stranger Things comes out and everybody on Twitter. And then that's at that moment you go, oh, I need to know about this because all my friends are talking about it. I go, I give them the 10, I right. watch it all, and then I leave. You mm -hmm. see? So it's not such a... Anyway, anyway in the case of uh, Disney, they've got a lot of experience, background in the media business. They've got sports channels, TV channels, the whole thing. So they probably know this when it comes to subscriptions. They're going to use some of that knowledge, including what happened to Netflix, to design their subscription around that model. And they even went a step further, in Disney's case... They're incentivizing the idea of paying for an entire year. So they're giving you a hefty discount if you sign up for a whole year because they want the behavioral stuff. They want you to think you can't possibly live without it. And they definitely don't want to give you the whole thing off the bat for seven or eight or ten dollars. That's that's the thing. So I believe this is the beginning of the end for binging. Uh, it might always it will probably always be there when it comes to like old shows things that have already aired, but in terms of original content, I don't think the model actually maps out from a revenue perspective. Yeah, They got to keep you around. It's got to take you time, a couple months to watch The Stranger Things so then they know that they're, they, they got you on the hook for 30 bucks instead of 10. You right. see what I'm, you see how that goes? Do you uh, binge watch at all? No, I don't watch it. You know what? I, I know, but like before, previously. I have binged, I have life. binged, I have binged, uh, I mean, like way back in the day, even pre-Netflix, I remember binging The Wire. Okay. You know, you know the TV show, yeah. The Wire? Uh, what have I binged? Maybe True Detective? What was that even on? I don't remember. Mm. I'm sure I've binged something. I just can't think of what right now. Game of Thrones, the first season? Did you watch that? I watched the back first season back. of Game of Thrones, but I don't know I'd call it a binge because I definitely didn't like watch it in one or two or three like it was it was also over time just because of time constraints on my behalf actually i can't recall the wire probably was the last time i binged something oh you know what i binged um uh comedians in cars getting coffee okay maybe like three or four episodes i wasn't really binging though because it was just kind of on in the background is that binging uh yeah, yeah. vin vin says that's not binging but but I feel like that's sort of binging in the sense that if they didn't have them all sitting there and they came out week after week, I couldn't do that. I couldn't just put it on and leave it. Mm -hmm. So it was like a semi-binge. But anyway, no, I'm not I'm not really a binger to begin with. I don't have that kind of time, Willie, do? I'm right. trying to live life. I told you. Yeah. I I'm trying to nowadays, live life. Nowadays. You, you know, nowadays, life there's a lot different. of things going on in the real world. So I get out. I get outdoors as well. I told you this. I hear you. I'm trying to explain to you. You're going outdoors. Sidetrack, Willie Doo's going camping this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, heading I up to Tobermory. It's a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> the way that you say it. How do you say it? Bruce Peninsula. Oh, you want to be more? You, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it either. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Tobermory. Anyway, it's like a beautiful place. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great place to camp. He's going to get outdoors. And, and, of course, as you know, we recommend you do the same. It's okay to binge, but you get, get breathe some air, uh, put the vape away for a second. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying, Will. All mm -hmm. right. So, uh, next up, driver was using autopilot incorrectly in recent LA crash of Tesla Model S. Uh, it's making the news here. It's it's not. Look, I just have to say, 
to be fair, any car can crash. Car crashes happen all the time. And Elon will tell you to the end of the world that his cars are going to crash less than cars with humans driving them, right? But it doesn't mean that these don't crash. They do crash sometimes. And it's an interesting topic because it's it's a different there's different ethics it's a different thing like the driver can basically say look i i had the thing on autopilot mm -hmm. and and then who are you blaming it's so weird to figure out what to do presuming that the individual that he crashed into wasn't responsible then the driver's negligence uh, presumably would be the next thing then and, and and he was using autopilot so you see how it gets it gets murky uh but the other part of it is kind of around the marketing of autopilot, the the name autopilot. So this guy wasn't using autopilot the way that he's supposed to, apparently. Okay, so auto uh, Tesla doesn't want to take the heat for this because they're like he wasn't even using it right. Was he sleeping? <laughs> he wasn't sleeping. It's actually quite funny uh, how he responded to the question. He was Netflix. He was asked. Yeah, he was binge watching. So I'll give you the details here. He. Uh, he was, he had his hands on the wheel for 51 seconds of the final 13 minutes and 48 seconds of the drive leading up to the crash. Hmm. What, 51 seconds out of 13, almost 14 minutes. That's not a lot. But you remember when we had the Model 3 in here and we were on the highway? It, you know, it didn't ask you that often to put your hands on. It just had to check that you were there and alive every so often. Yeah, putting your hands on... Do you just have to like just touch it? You just touch it, it, and then it'll ask little, you again in a little while to touch right. it again. Uh, and then they say what's more important is that the driver didn't have his hands on the wheel for all of the last three minutes and 41 seconds before the crash. So that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but imagine you're leading up to a crash, and you got three minutes and 41 seconds to figure it out, and you don't hmm. notice what's about to happen. So for three minutes and 41 seconds, he didn't touch the wheel. And, of course, all this information is available after the fact because it's recorded, and it has to be. Uh, he was asked, what were you doing in those three minutes and 41 seconds leading up to the crash? And here's, here's the quote. I was having a coffee and a bagel. <laughs> and all I remember, that truck, and then I just saw the boom in my face, and that was it. <laughs> so so here's, here's the thing, okay? Tesla can tell you forever... To have your hands on the wheel, to be alert, to look forward, and so on. But when they sell you something called autopilot, how are you not going to have your coffee and your bagel, man? Mm -hmm. Come on. It's called autopilot. Yeah. And, and I get it. It's, it's irresponsible and all, all the rest of it. But I feel like this is, this is a reality. This so, is so you're thinking the term should be too, not, not to be made literal. Well, that's the argument here on interestingengineering.com where I'm reading this. The argument is that it's, it, maybe it's time for a rebrand on the autopilot feature because it seems as though in, in many of these cases, the interpretation of how it's supposed to be utilized is, uh, is not accurate with the end user. And so there's a communication issue there. Now, now I know a lot of people, Tesla fans are going to be like, this guy's an idiot. He shouldn't ruin it for everyone. And there's there's a point to be made there. There's individuals out there right now, Will, without autopilot, having a coffee and a bagel and not looking at the road and that could easily bump into this, uh, into this fire truck. And it ain't going to be a news story. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, there's another idiot who should have been paying attention. It's only a news story because it's Tesla, because it's high tech, 
and because a human didn't crash. It wasn't a human. I mean, a human crashed because of negligence, but it wasn't a human that actually physically pushed that car into that fire truck. So it's all very interesting. But I kind of agree with the with this article. If you just called it something else, you could kind of take a step back in terms of responsibility. Autopilot on an airplane, I mean, obviously a pilot isn't sleeping on an airplane. It's called autopilot. But there also, there's not any fire trucks in the sky, Will. <laughs> yeah, you can't crash into fire I, I, Look, sky. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's just a human, it's kind of a human thing. Of course, look, I'm sure on the flip side, autopilot has saved tons of people who probably would have been doing a more poor job or who fell asleep at the wheel. Or, or had a little bit of alcohol behind the wheel and shouldn't have. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of those stories, but they don't get depressed because this is salacious and you know how that goes. But uh, it's interesting nonetheless. If Tesla just wanted to chill a little bit and take some of the heat off, you could change it from autopilot to sort of pilot, kind of pilot, co-pilot, co-pilot. Did I just get it? Co-pilot. Co-pilot. No, maybe it's not that good. Maybe I'm... Anyway, something like that, and uh, and then people are like, okay, that's my co-pilot, but I got to be aware and have the eyes on the road. When I was testing the Model 3, the novelty was still strong, so I couldn't imagine taking my eyes off the road because I was kind of like, woo, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you can imagine after thousands and thousands of miles and the novelty wears off, and all of a sudden I'm having the coffee and the bagel, and I'm taking full advantage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but it would for this guy, too. It would lock you out. He did 51 seconds of 13 minutes. So he would tap it and then go back to eating his. He was gaming the system, essentially. Most people would hold it for a bit, hands off for a bit, hold it for a bit. Uh, that's the way it's intended to be utilized. So I don't know, maybe some more education. Ultimately, always pay attention to the road, Will. Even with any form of autopilot or assistance driving, and even uh, cruise control, mm -hmm. like because a lot of cars have adaptive cruise control, which is sort of a, fo a form of of uh, of co-pilot, but they just call it adaptive cruise control, so it doesn't seem nearly as sophisticated. Yeah, and it doesn't steer obviously, but anyhow, there you have it, a Tesla crash, and it couldn't come at a worse time with all the Porsche news and everything else. But I'm sure people will crash those too, and they'll find someone to blame even though those ones are not banking on the autopilot feature nonetheless uh speaking of automotive stuff in the automotive segment here is some really exciting news news that i'm happy about gm will use google's embedded android automotive os in cars starting in 2021 it's about time oh my goodness gracious Everybody, all these car OSs, and it's and you plug, and then you got to plug in your phone to unlock a, a good OS that you want to use Android Auto or or Apple CarPlay. Why? Why doesn't the thing just run Android like a perfect interface to begin with? And you can download whatever apps you use in the car right there. It makes so much sense. Now, apparently, GM has been using some form of Google's automotive software for a while but a skinned up sort of thing on it this is going to be full-on embedded automo android automotive os it's starting in 2021 and it's going to have the play store right on your car right within the dash 
All GM brands outside of China will offer the native automotive version of Android, which is built on Android P. Now, just because you have native Android in the car doesn't mean if you're an iPhone user, you can't use CarPlay. CarPlay will still be supported on the display, even though it runs Android. And that's, that's the type of thing that you got to appreciate on Google's side. Like, they weren't forcing manufacturers to choose one or the other. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, so it can run this natively. And because they know people are just going to run it natively. They're not going to plug their phone in. A lot, a lot of cars now have wireless inductive charging for devices, and the plug-in is less convenient when you pop in and out of the car. And so Will's showing off the Android Automotive demo, and look at that. I mean, what, what else do you want, man? Google Maps built into it. It's, uh, it's going to be everything you want on a display without the need to plug anything in. Funny thing is you can also still plug in your Android phone if you want to use Android OS from your device. So how does it get uh, a network, like internet? Oh, I, pr I presume it's going to be uh, over SIM card. SIM card, okay. Yeah, a lot, many of these vehicles already include some form of uh, mobile traveling hotspot, so I, I assume see. this will be serviced the same way. So it's not tethered to your phone. Well, it, maybe, maybe, if it you, maybe if you don't have the SIM card service, maybe you can tether it to your phone. Uh, but of course, it still works with the phone in the traditional sense if, if you see. choose to use it. So there is that option built in. But this is, this to me, like it's been so hard for these tech companies to interact in a in an intimate way with car companies. Car companies resisted for so long building their own interfaces. And not all of it was their fault, by the way, because when it comes to developing a car, a lot of this stuff has to be submitted so far in advance and things are changing because the approval structure of car is a, has a different, it's not a piece of tech. There's a person in it. They could get in a car accident because they're distracted. So the approval process is different and it takes longer. And so they would have their interfaces in development years before they ended up in cars. And then they would feel so dated by the time the car came out. Uh, but now they're finally working together and everyone's going to benefit. Anyone buying one of these vehicles 2021 forward, and I presume it's going to be in, in a large number of GM's vehicles is going to have a far better <laughs> uh, driving software experience, car software experience because of this. And uh, presumably, eventually, something that's ubiquitous. Just like when you pop open a laptop and you know what to expect, imagine jumping right. into a car and having a standard and going, okay, uh, if you get a rental car, okay, cool. I know exactly how the interface works because it's running Android's mobile yeah, os all the data will be transferred yeah it's all yeah let's, let's just log in yeah. boom you got everything you're looking for you got your podcasts i mean he's got spotify open in this demonstration video it's good news cars are getting better finally from a software perspective uh here's a here's kind of a sad story uh this is another one that that vin is going to be interested in uh, a couple was buying an iphone off of the classified listings, uh, an app called Let Go, which you may or may not have heard of. Vin's more of a Kijiji guy, but it's a similar concept. And so this couple saved up money to buy a phone for their kid, their child, 450 bucks, and they were tricked into buying two bars of soap instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what happened was uh, they walked up to this, to this seller... They had their money ready to go. And I guess the way this works is you shouldn't hand over the money first. 
Is that how it goes? I don't know. I, I've never had an issue with a swap like this. I don't do this anymore, but back in the day, uh, I would buy and sell uh, camera equipment, things like this, and I never had an issue myself. But the way it worked in this case, they passed over the money, and the individual passed over the phone and then jetted, just took off running. Mm. And when they cracked it open, there's a picture of it. If you scroll, there's a, there's a picture of it if you scroll down. Uh, yours is that's the box you see when they open the box here. <laughs> yeah. oh. You got a Jergens and you got a dial, and I shouldn't be laughing. You got a Jergens and you got a dial soap in there. So it's insult to injury, isn't it? Soap is so rude. We give me soap. Trying to say here, uh, but the box looks pretty good. It looks shiny and new. Uh, what can we say? What's the lesson to be learned? Well, the first one, like like I said, don't pass the the money over until you've inspected the goods. Step one. Step two, meet in a public place. Here on Fox 2, where I found the story, Fox 2 Detroit, they suggest you meet at a police station. Can you imagine that? That's aggressive. Imagine you got this classified deal coming up, and you're like, let's meet. I'll meet you at the police station. Mm. I mean, I guess it's going to anyone who's going to try something. They're not going to try it there. So yeah. it's not such a bad idea, but it's also not the most inviting. Why is this guy meeting at the What did he have planned? <laughs> I was always more of a coffee shop guy. Meet in the coffee shop. Right. Everyone can see what's going on. If you run out, at least there's going to be witnesses that saw the, the theft. You're not in the street or whatever it might happen to be. But I guess that, that might not stop some people from exchanging two bars of soap for $450. They, uh, the claim here is that the couple saved for six months to get their 14-year-old daughter a phone. They found a good deal, too good, on the app LetGo. They messaged the 18-year-old seller only to discover that that seller was never going to sell them a phone. So that's unfortunate. Maybe uh, maybe what they what they need, Will, is the Redmi Note 8 Pro. Mm. You see how that goes? Yeah, they can probably get uh, two of those. Yeah, they could have got two of those. And then and like a fifty-dollar dinner. They were trying to get they were trying to get a used. They're trying to get a deal on an iPhone because these iPhones are a thousand bucks. And the 14 year old daughter, she was like, Well, I, I can't, I'm gonna be, they're gonna make fun of me if I got the green bubble on the SMS. I gotta have the iPhone, mom and dad. And mom and dad are like, We're saving here. Can't we just get you the Redmi Note 8? <laughs> She's like, No. You know, I'm sick and tired of that, whatever that bubble discrimination. I mean, I don't deal with it, but that's ridiculous. Can you imagine yeah. at high school? you're worried that people are going to go break out into private conversations and talk about you and you're not welcome in those group chats because you don't have a the right color bubble are you kidding me right now that's a real thing if you're in high school i want you to comment down below because i have uh, read multiple articles on how this is affecting and impacting people and locking people in imagine that lock-in will you got to have a, the right color bubble. You got to have the, the the right payment card. You got the Apple. You see you got you see how this goes? It's pretty much like an in crowd. It's rough, man. Yeah. It's it's pretty rough. So I never experienced it. it is it's after my time. But if someone's trying to not chat with me cuz of my bubble color, you know what? I don't want to chat with them anyway. Mm. Thank goodness. I'm glad I found out. Go go go! Uh, which go have your blue bubble party because I don't even want to be there. Yeah. Stick with the green. Yeah, you see how that goes. Mm -hmm. So that's the message on that one. The message on that one: get yourself two Redmi Note eights.
instead of two bars of soap. You see how that? You see that one? You see, I'm just saying. She wanted the bubble. You know what? Why am I yelling at these these poor people? They didn't even know about the red me stuff. I can't yell at these people. I, I apologize. I feel bad. Actually, you know what? If you see this, get in touch with me. I'll send you an iPhone, the latest one. If you see this video for your daughter or somebody knows how to get in touch with them, you can email will at lulater.com. I don't know how you're going to prove it. You're going to have to prove it is you because we're going to get all the people rushing over. We got the pics, so how are they going to verify that? Yeah, maybe that's what we need. Anyway, look. If we, you can find a, a way to get in touch and we can verify it to you, I will send you the latest. I'll get you the iPhone 10s Max, top of the line, and I'll send it out to you wherever you happen to be. And But you got to send me back the bars of soap, okay? Deal? Sweet. Last one for me, Willie Do, and I'm in a rush. I'm dead. I got, <laughs> I got playoff hockey. I got the championship game tonight. I got to get out of here. They're going to kill me. Okay. But this, this last one is too good. It's too much fun, so we got to get it out there. It's a YouTube video. Man tries to pay bus fare using mobile phone. Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? You're going to love this, Will. This is right up your alley. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> this one? Yeah, click on that one, okay? So this dude is all about the mobile payments. <laughs> he, he dropped his entire phone into still wearing headphones into the cash into the cash module there look at this boom with the headphones still connected it goes all the way down into the bus where the cash collection takes place he somehow thought it was going to get scanned in there to pay for his bus trip it's incredible it's unbelievable they like how the driver's just like hey don't, don't do that. No, like, yeah, no, he didn't. Right. He, he's like on the other side. He's like, no. See, he's holding his hand out when he did it as he's trying to look forward. And this guy just drops his phone right now. I, how did he think that was going to work out as he dropped it down there? The guy's like, oh, no. Where's my <laughs> what, phone? What did he think? Was, it go? What? He thought that it was going to pop out the other side and just get scanned or something? Let's see what, he, what after he lets go, his headphones tug and then nothing. So. The crazy part is he couldn't actually even get his phone back because it goes into this secure area underneath where all the cash goes. And so he didn't get his phone back until the next day because he so badly wanted to make the mobile payment. And the thing about this story, Will, I don't know where it took place. Did it take place in China? I think so, right? I think it took place in China. Now, I've been to China. Everything is mobile payments. People, very not, not a lot of cash exchange. It's all WeChat. And... This goes to show you how a cash payment could be so foreign to a person who's living strictly off of mobile payments, so much so that without thinking, they, they slide their phone into a cash compartment on a bus because they're like, what do you mean I can't tap my phone? Mm. You see, that's the future right there is you got to do away with the cash thing altogether. Otherwise, people are going to be chucking their phone in there. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the only way I know how to pay for something. What are you talking about? I can't. Who's got cash? Yeah. The future is now. This guy is proof. Mobile payments. It ain't going to be cash. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't, throw, don't drop your phone into the bus payment. Coin slot. Coin slot. It's a coin slot. That's really what it is. He's playing around there. Oh, he's trying to fish it up for a bit because the headphones are still connected, but it ain't going to work. You're not going to get it back up. And this, at this point here, he realizes what he's done, and he's upset. And he's like, do I let the headphones go at this point? 
Should I send the headphones down there too? Or do I try to yank the headphones out of the headphone connector? Mm. It, the drama is really incredible. And you got to uh, appreciate the bus driver who's really trying to help them out. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, I think it took mobile payments anyways. I think what the bus driver was trying to do was point to the section he needed to tap. Yeah, look at where it circles in yellow. He just misinterpreted what the bus driver was pointing at. What a time to be alive, Willie do. I mean, you got to admit it. <laughs> Dropping your phone in the, in the coin slot. Never thought I'd see the day. Pretty wholesome. Pretty All right, fun. that's it. That's a wrap. I got to go play hockey. Got to go win this championship. I'll see you guys in the next one. Good luck.